0: The Cowboys now control their own destiny in their path for the Big 12 Championship. I'm Matt Jordan. Welcome into the Pokes Podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. And after vanquishing their bedlam demons, Mike Gundy and the Cowboys now set in fine standing in their search for the Big 12 Championship and a chance at possibly the college football playoffs, depending on what happens to some of the other teams around college football. But the Cowboys get it done against Bedlam, a monumental win for this program, for the school, for the players, for the fans. I just cannot express as a fan, as someone who is a hater of the game and a you know strong dislike for OU fans around Bedlam in and around Bedlam, what's that What's that meant in my lifetime? And for those that go generations beyond me, how tough it has been to be a Cowboy fan during this time of the year, during uh, football season in general, especially when you're not winning Bedlam. Because to me, as a fan, Bedlam was always lose-lose. You win, Bedlam. Oh, well, we still have the 70-plus better record than you. You lose, Bedlam, and it's, aha, got you again, little brother, blah, 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 all that nonsense. This one felt a little different, and sure, it's only the 20th time Oklahoma State has ever won Bedlam in 118 uh, times they've played the game, but because it's the last one, and it's the one that will be remembered and you're only as good as your last game. It feels extra special to come away with that 27-24 to victory and winning this Bedlam matchup on the legs of Ollie Gordon and uh, the way the defense played down the stretch as well. And I'd like to apologize to Mike Gundy for not believing in him, not trusting in him, that he could turn this season around and that we weren't going to have a disaster for two seasons in a row. Because at one point, I thought this team might only win three games, and now they might not even lose three games. So it's quite the turnaround. They've won five in a row since the loss to Iowa State, the back-to-back losses to South Alabama to Iowa State. It's shocking to me that this team even lost to South Alabama, that they only scored seven points against South Alabama. But once they believed in a one quarterback, they started playing one quarterback and focused on giving the ball to Ollie Gordon, it's been nothing but success since then. 29-21 win over K-State, 39-32 win over the Jayhawks, a 48-34 win over West Virginia, the big 45-13 win over Cincinnati, and of course, the biggest so far this season, the 27-24 win against OU in Bedlam to hopefully be the spark that propels them the rest of the season and uh, into the Big Twelve championship game. Like I said, they control their own destiny. When you look at the Big Twelve standings, Oklahoma State and Texas both set atop the Big Twelve. They're both five and one in Big Twelve play. Texas does have the better record overall, eight and one. Oklahoma State is seven and two, but that one Big Twelve loss was to Iowa State. Cowboys are four and0 at home meanwhile Texas is three and O Texas right now playing without their quarterback but still one of the best defenses one of the best teams in the country currently seven in the college football playoff poll and Oklahoma State is at 15 in the college football playoff poll. So Texas looks to be the big 12's best opportunity. But in my opinion, not their only opportunity to get a team into the college football playoff. Oklahoma State, while two horrible losses, and a lot of people might consider them on the outside looking in if they were to win the Big Twelve. I think if you have some dominant wins down the stretch, you you beat OU and then you go in and beat Texas, especially if you're a top ten team at that point. Now I said they control their own destiny for the Big 12 Championship. They certainly do not control their own destiny for the college football playoffs. But I do think it's still a realm of possibility. Now, to avoid a collapse at the end of the season, you have to get past UCF. That's their next opponent. And I think this is one of those classic trap games. Because you just got off, just got through an emotional win. An emotional, emotional win against your rival, the last time you'll ever play them, at least in the same conference, in the regular season. Just this huge, momentous game, feelings, everything. And now you have to go on the road to face an opponent you've never faced before, ever, that is talented on offense and has struggled a bit, though, in the Big 12. Uh, When you look at these two teams, Oklahoma State and UCF have inverse records. Oklahoma State five and one in Big 12 play. UCF one and five. UCF actually at one point this season lost uh, five straight games. So when you look at UCF, they started the season uh, against Kent State, winning 56 to six, and they beat. Boise State 18-16, to then they beat Villanova 48-14, to then they lost five straight, a loss to Kansas State, a loss to Baylor, a close one, a loss to KU, a loss to OU, a loss to West Virginia, and then finally got out of the losing uh, column with a win a squeaking by Cincinnati 28-26. to So looking at this game, Oklahoma State only favored by three points in this matchup going on the road, the first ever meeting between these two teams after you look at what they just had happen in such an emotional, emotional game against OU. It is certainly one of those games that could be a trap game. Both these teams like to run the football. Oklahoma State's uh, Ollie Gordon and... Uh, RJ and Harvey are first and second in the Big 12 in rushing touchdowns for for the season. So both these teams find success offensively uh, with the run game. So defensively for Oklahoma State, it's going to be about the linebackers and the safeties, uh, starting with Nicholas Martin uh, for Oklahoma State because uh, Martin is. I would say he's the best linebacker in the Big 12. I would say Martin is most certainly the best linebacker in the Big 12. When you look at what he's done this season, 92 tackles. Uh, He ranks second with 11.5 tackles for loss. He has five sacks on the season from the linebacker position. So when you look at a defense that's going to have to stop the run, Uh, a very good run uh, run offense, I should say, in this Golden Knights team, Martin, is going to be a key part of that. Martin, uh, in the second level, is going to have to be a big part of stopping the run, slowing down the run, and uh, you're looking at a, at a guy there for UCF that's been pretty good in running the football, And R.J. Harvey. 146 carries, 920 yards, and uh, nine touchdowns, like I said, on the season. When you look at the offensive side of things for Oklahoma State. Of course, it's going to be Ollie Gordon. Uh, that's, that's the guy that you're looking at with Ollie Gordon. Uh, he's the, maybe the best running back in the nation, best running back in the Big 12. He's getting Heisman uh, looks now. I think he's top seven in Heisman odds, somewhere in there. Uh, he's got 1,224 yards on the ground. He's got 12 rushing touchdowns, and and he is a legitimate Heisman contender. And if Oklahoma State wins out and Ollie Gordon pushes that rushing yard number To around maybe 1,700 or so. Maybe he could even push to 2,000 with three regular season games left. Uh, That would be hard. He'd need 800 in the last three games. But when you look at what he's done in this five game winning streak, going back to the first game against K State. When you look at Gordon in that one, uh, that was the first time they really kind of looked to him to be the lead of this team. He had 140, uh, 136 yards rushing in that game. And then against KU, he continued the, uh, the hot streak, 168 yards in that game. Then back-to-back 200-yard outings, first against West Virginia on the road where he had 282 yards rushing. And then coming back home, and running for 271 yards against Cincinnati. And he had his worst outing in the five-game winning streak against OU, and he put up 137 yards rushing. So that's that's a bad night for Ollie. So certainly you could look at, I, I would say, being... 2000s probably out of the picture. If I was being reasonable, I'd say... Actually, I'm going to say 2,000 is way out of the picture now that I'm really thinking about it. If I'm being reasonable, I'm going to say he gets over 100. Let's say he averages on the low end about 125 yards a game. So you're looking at... 375 yards in three games, which is going to push him close to the 16, 1700 yard mark. I think if he can get there and he can get his touchdowns up around 15, 16 or so, I think you have a really strong chance winning out with that kind of rushing attack to. Secure yourself a spot, at least a trip to uh, the Heisman Trophy ceremony. And to be honest, I still can't believe that's even a possibility. Sophomore running back at Oklahoma State, when you look at the way this season started, two struggle wins, week one and week two, two horrible losses, week three and week four, and then you start to see a little bit. Big win against K-State. Big win against KU. Then you keep it rolling. You have a big win against West Virginia on the road. You beat Cincinnati in a huge blowout victory and then you win Bedlam and you're like where was this all along and it's almost a little frustrating like a little frustrating when I want to be nitpicky and play devil's advocate to be like had you just done this to start the season you might be undefeated maybe not maybe you needed to go through this turmoil to have Alan Bowman battle for that quarterback position to realize the, the struggles And that's what propelled this team into that five-game winning streak. But, man, had Bowman been the guy and you were trusting Ollie Gordon from the jump, maybe you don't lose to South Alabama, maybe you don't lose to Iowa State, and now you're an undefeated team, or maybe you do lose one of those games, and you're a one-loss team, and we're talking even more so about the college football playoffs instead of, well, we need some things to happen around us, and maybe we get there. But... That's being nitpicky, because the season has been a success. And it's been very enjoyable to watch as an Oklahoma State fan. The the turn that I have done in this podcast, just from the start of the season to now, with what I thought was going to go down throughout the season after those first— Three weeks and four weeks, and then the bye week, the switch. Just an incredible job by Coach Gundy, Coach Dunn, Coach Nardo, and all of these players. And the success they found with Ollie Gordon, who looks like one of the best backs in the nation, who we get back next year, it's exciting for Oklahoma State football. And now, where I was worried about where Oklahoma State football was going to set. And the quarterback question is still going to be something that comes in next year. But with Ollie Gordon, you're not going to have to worry about it as much. Anyone can hand the ball off to Ollie Gordon, kind of like anyone could hand the ball off to Barry Sanders and Thurman Thomas. So looking at where Oklahoma State is now and the culture or the uh, landscape—that's what I'm looking. The landscape around Big 12 football. Well, right now you're the best of the remaining Big 12 teams. C- certainly Texas is is tied for first, but they're leaving to the SEC. So when you look at what's left in the Big 12 once Texas and OU are gone, you're you beat. Kansas, you beat K-State, you beat West Virginia, now you lost to Iowa State, but this team that we see now probably does not lose, actually I'm going to say definitely does not lose to Iowa State, so now you're sitting there, when I thought, oh no, we're in trouble, and we're going to add in Utah, we're going to add in Colorado, and we're going to add in Arizona State and Arizona, and you've got all these new teams, and once BYU, and UCF and Cincy and Houston start figuring out how to recruit in a power five and start to build up their programs like where is Oklahoma State going to fall but Gundy has proven again that he knows how to find success maybe he doesn't do it every year but when push comes to shove he's not going to have back to back bad seasons he's going to find a way to figure it out and maybe sometimes it's at the Stress of the fans, which it certainly was. And I think maybe he feeds off the fire, Gundy. It, it's just, it's funny to me just how everyone turned on him, including myself, when I have been very loyal to Mike Gundy and what he's meant to and what he means to Oklahoma State. But the way he's been able to turn this program around at this point of the season in a guy that no one really believes in, in Casey Dunn as the offensive coordinator, and a guy in Brian Nardo as the defensive coordinator who's never been in this position before. I mean, Nardo held OU to 24 points, and a defensive stand at the end of the game that sealed the victory, led by a a talented defense that is more talented than a lot of people gave them credit for they have the best winning streak in the Big 12 at 5 straight. Texas is right behind them at 3 straight and uh, they just they aren't the same team that played South Alabama and Iowa State. So heading into this UCF matchup, again, it could be a trap game. That is certainly a possibility. And when you look at UCF, they're talented at the running back position. John Plumley is also very talented uh, quarterback. Vegas only has the game as a three-point spread. You have to travel on the road. It's going to be emotional. That's the thing. Can you forget about the emotional win, the storming of the field, winning the final bedlam when you share a conference, maybe the final regular season bedlam ever? Can you put all of that aside and go, okay, that's done. We celebrated it. Now it's one game at a time. Get to the Big 12 championship and see if you can't prevent a team like Texas from winning the Big 12 championship on their way out. Because I think one thing all remaining Big 12 teams and fans can agree on is not letting OU or Texas win the Big 12 championship in their last season is something that all Remaining Big 12 fans and teams would root for. It. So, looking at this game because this is the first, the first step. It's it's one and zero every week. You gotta you gotta win all. You gotta win out. Oklahoma State has to win out to get into the Big 12 Championship because of that early loss to Iowa State. So, looking at uh, what Brian Clinton has the prediction here uh, on his article about uh, the the preview for this matchup, he actually has it as a close game. So, his prediction is Oklahoma State 38. UCF 35. He says this game has all kinds of weird numbers heading into the matchup, and it's certainly something that has him thinking about taking the Knights in an upset. He says with Vegas only giving the Pokes a field goal and FBI picking UCF to win 52, 50- of the time, this feels like a trap game for Oklahoma State, which I agree with. I certainly agree. Uh, Brian goes on to say, however, after seeing Ollie Gordon continue to be inevitable week in and week out, I don't think UCF is the team that knocks him off the tracks. While UCF will have plenty of firepower offensively, I think Gordon is just too much for the Knights in the end and carries OSU to a close victory on the road. I, I disagree with the score. I think Oklahoma State wins this by a touchdown. I just think that they're rolling too too well right now. Everything is clicking for the Cowboys offensively, defensively. You continue to rely on Ollie Gordon. Mike Gundy has been pretty good about avoiding the trap game in his career, just not letting that be something that happens. Although it has gotten them, especially on the road, everyone remembers Iowa State in 2011. But I think first first time taking on a team like this, I got Oklahoma State by a touchdown high scoring. I like the 38 points. I'm going to say 38-31. Now, from the great in Oklahoma State football to the not-so-great in the start to the Oklahoma State basketball season. The Cowboy basketball team dropped their first game of the season to Abilene Christian, losing 64-59, to a game that uh, was at home for the Cowboys, so losing not only to start the season against Abilene Christian, but you lose your first home game of the season, and when you look at the uh, box score, uh, of course Bryce Thompson goes off 19 points. That's the guy that you expect, but it's about who is going to have uh, good games behind him. And Thompson was 8 of 15 shooting, only one of three from beyond the arc. Mike Marsh was the only other person in double digits with 13, 6 of 10 shooting, and then uh, John Michael Wright struggled. This is a big part of the reason that this team uh, lost. He's got to, probably going to be the guy that. Is the number two behind Bryce Thompson? Wright was one of nine, 0 of six from Beyond the Arc, only two points. You just can't have that from what is this team's second best player, second best scorer, unless somebody else emerges uh, on this team as uh, another threat alongside Bryce Thompson. It could be a long year for Oklahoma State basketball, which. Could have a lot of people worried about what Mike Boyton's situation would be like. Cowboys' next game is coming up on November 12th. That's this Sunday, taking on Sam Houston. Then they have the Bonnies of St. Bonaventure. That's a part of the Legends Classic in Brooklyn. And then they'll face either Auburn or Notre Dame before they come back home for uh, three straight games, New Orleans, Houston Christian, and Creighton. So we'll see what this team looks like through the first month of the season and all this out-of-conference play. but Week one definitely did not, or game one definitely does not look good uh, as far as a start for the Cowboys. But, hey, if we have to lose game one to Abilene Christian to win Bedlam, that's a trade off I will take every time. I'm Matt Jordan. This has been the Pokes Podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network.